Welcome to Girls Gone Hallmark, a Hallmark review podcast. I'm Megan, and I'm your longtime Hallmark movie fan. I'm Wendy. I'm your former Hallmark hater. Today we're discussing Gilded Newport Mysteries, Murder at the Breakers, which originally aired on Hallmark Movies and Mysteries on Friday, February 2nd, 2024. If you want to connect with the two of us outside of the podcast, come follow us on Instagram. We have two accounts. One is Girls Gone Hallmark. We're running a fun Valentine. Find your perfect date with your favorite Hallmark hunk or sweetheart. It's been fun to see that. And you can also find us at Megan and Wendy. Come on over and jump into our Facebook group, Girls Gone Hallmark. We've been talking a lot about Love You Wary over there lately. Let's jump right into a synopsis for the Gilded Newport Mysteries. Okay, now let me just preface this. Okay. IMDb did not have a synopsis, so I went to the Hallmark Channel website and pulled their synopsis, so keep that in mind. Okay. Are you ready? I am. (laughs) It's July 1895, and the New York elite have decamped to Newport, Rhode Island for a summer of balls, garden parties, and yacht races. Covering these events for the women's pages of the Newport Observer is Emma Vanderbilt Cross, a fearless 21-year-old writer with family ties to the wealthy Vanderbilt family. No mention of a murder that Emma helps investigate to clear her stepbrother's name and or discovers the real killer. It's like the first paragraph of a synopsis that they've got there. (laughs) Exactly. That's what we got. Okay. Hold on. I'm adding a note. Okay. The Gilded Newport Mysteries Murder at the Breakers was directed by Terry Ingram. Terry has 91 directing credits, including just in 2023 alone, Retreat to You, Making Waves, The Wedding Cottage, and The Wedding Veil, Inspiration. Carrie Friends wrote Murder at the Breakers. This is Carrie's first Hallmark writing credit. Danny Griffin plays Jesse White. Another Hallmark newbie here. Danny has six previous acting credits and will also appear in the upcoming movie Drugstore June, which I did watch the preview for. Very much not Hallmark. Very intriguing, which will have limited theatrical release starting late February. Nathan Witt plays Derek. Nathan has 70 acting credits and three more upcoming projects this year. For Hallmark, he's been seen in My Best Friend's Bouquet. Sealed with a Kiss, Wedding March 6th, A Christmas Treasure, Romance to the Rescue, and Cut Color Murder, to name a few. (laughs) To name a lot. (laughs) So many more Hallmark credits alone. Allie Scobie, sister of Tierra, who is the star of Hallmark's Ride, plays Emma Vanderbilt Cross. Allie has 38 acting credits, which include a role as young Tully on the Netflix series Firefly Lane. She was in two episodes of Once Upon a Time and seven episodes of When Calls the Heart. Catherine Evans plays Adelaide. Catherine has 13 previous acting credits, including the series The Killing, one of my favorites. Nancy Drew and the Mysterious Benedict Society. This is Catherine's first Hallmark movie. James Drew Dean plays Brady Cross. James has 19 previous credits, which include... Date my dad. He was in one episode of that. Oh. Fixer Upper Mysteries, When Calls the Heart, and Mary Go Round. Aisling Goodman plays Grace Winslow. This is Aisling's first Hallmark credit. She has seven previous 
acting credits, and she will also appear in the series Holidays, due out on Hallmark later this year. We hope. (laughs) We are waiting for the announcement. Ava Tellick plays Gertrude. You might recognize Ava as the oldest daughter, Caitlin, from My Christmas Family Tree in 2022. She has 19 total acting credits, and yes, she once appeared in Once Upon a Time. Bingo! Jillian Barber plays Nanny O'Neill. Jillian has 135 acting credits, including Chesapeake Shores, Cedar Cove, Under the Banner of Heaven, Maid, and The Man in the High Castle. Speaking of castles, this movie was filmed in Victoria, British Columbia, and the Harley Castle was used both for interior and exterior filming shots. This was filmed in October 2023. Murder at the Breakers is based on the Gilded Newport Mysteries books by Alyssa Maxwell. There are 11 books giving us plenty of future story ideas for this potential franchise. Are you ready for first impressions? Sure. Go ahead. Me thinks we might be hard on this movie. Y'all should try reading the IMDb reviews for it. (laughs) I read them before recording. And yes, it's rough out there, particularly for a movie that's only a few days old for that many reviews to be posted. And there are some bad ones. Yeah. But I got to say, they're not wrong. (laughs) Some of them just come for certain elements of this movie that are not based on the acting or the directing or the scenery and simply that it is historically inaccurate because of the skin color of some of the actors. And I will say that is where we part ways. Okay, we're going to need to talk about that, though. Yeah, okay. Okay. My first impression is I'm just here for the inevitable future left triangle. Oh, I can't do it. (laughs) This is what upsets me about this movie is, you know, I love Downton Abbey and Wendy hates period pieces. Um, I secretly believe that she would actually like Downton Abbey because it's like very traumatic. And this is the what Wendy's going to see in her head when she thinks yes. Downton Abbey. And mm-hmm. that is just an absolute crime against Julian Fellows is all I'm going to say. Do you watch that other uh, The Gilded Age? Yeah. Set in the same time period. Yeah, I like it. It is not Downton Abbey. It's created by Julian Fellows, same creator. But it is good. Christine Baranski is a gem. Well, she's a fantastic actor. She is. And she's great in that. It... It isn't Downton Abbey. It is enjoyable. It isn't Downton Abbey. That's okay, my but is review. it this? No. Okay. <laughs> Was this a Bobo Gilded Age? <laughs> a Bobo Gilded Age, indeed. Yeah, okay. All right. Let's talk what we did like about it. I have a few, actually. Oh, good. Why don't you go ahead? I loved Jillian Barber, who plays Nanny O'Neill. She's my number she- one as well. Right, witty and quick, and I love the dynamic between she and Emma. And I think that her love of mystery novels and the tropes in mystery novels is a fun, humorous element. Or she's that's a red herring. Yeah, I like when they call out the tropes behind what they're doing. They're like, "We're making a mystery movie, but let's talk about the tropes of mystery storytelling." Sure, I like that too. Feels like a little Easter egg, you know. I did say that. When it comes to period pieces, this ain't it. But I did love the costuming. And I think that's where the majority of the budget went. 
I did not find myself fully versed in the time period, but Christy Kinghorn is the costume designer, as does appear to be her first period piece in her 22 movies. And she is also the costume designer for the upcoming Holidays. I think she did a fantastic job, particularly because there are so many scenes where there's a deep supporting cast. It's a lot of costuming, a lot of moving parts, and I think it was really well done. I agree. I That was my second liked as well. I did think they were beautiful. I mm-hmm. Yeah, I liked them. I love the costuming. Some funny lines in this movie. I liked the beginning where Mr. Newspaper Boss says, I know women and they don't want to read about politics. It's funny. It was funny. I just, it was funny too. And I appreciated Emma's kind of, you could tell she was like, shut up. But it's that kind of stuff that I hate in period pieces and not even period pieces, even in like dated movies from the 80s when they say shit like that. It just ruffles my feathers. Even when the characters are pushing back against it? Not when they're pushing back against it, but in this particular movie, they're not pushing back against it, really. Us trying to. Trying. She's not going <laughs> to. Okay, this is where I think about it, especially, and I'm going to talk about The Way Home. In last week's episode, episode two of season two, when she's, cat's like trying to get away from Goodwin, Cyrus Goodwin, and he's, and she's talking back to him. Right? What the hell are you doing? And he's shocked that a woman is speaking to him like that. That's when I like it because she's like fighting back. Mm. I don't want, I feel like Emma just laid down and died. Yeah. But it was relevant of the time. So, what can you do? And this is why I don't like period pieces. Okay. I did like at the end of this movie where the movie gives the viewers like, all of the clues that had been like dropped throughout the movie that I didn't like really catch because I was not that invested in it. Mm-hmm. But I did that scene. It was like quick, like they, it was like a flashback scene to when she like sees something or blah, blah, blah. She starts you know, putting all the clues together. Yeah, I liked that. Yeah, Hallmark's pretty good about that in their mysteries, like reminding their viewers remember when we showed you this and you should have been paying attention. I appreciate that too. I read a lot of reviews that are like, it wasn't that hard to solve the mystery. I I never agree with that. <laughs> I agree too. And at one point I was like, is it Nanny O'Neill who is the killer here? And that's going to be really disappointing. <laughs> I think I've guessed exactly one time who the killer was. And I am, they just, they do a lot, a good job of leading you down the wrong path with all their supporting characters. Yeah, agree. Are you ready for wishes? I have one more little light. Yeah. I like that we're getting somewhat new faces to the network. It, with the exception of Nathan Witt, he, I mean, he's a familiar face to me, mm-hmm. but he still had a very limited role overall. So it's not like... In previous where we see like a new face attached with an established actor, you know, we're getting. But uh, one part of me really likes that. The other part of me really craves familiar face. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I I don't know. What do you think about this new crop of? Look, I like a combination of I like getting familiar faces. I wouldn't want to see all of our Hallmark faves wiped out. Yeah. But What's been fun is Tyler's in a new movie and people are trying to figure out bits and pieces. 
I know. I posted about it on our Instagram. I know. I love it. And I think that's fun. Everyone has that to look forward to. Mm-hmm. And I'm always going to love seeing those faces. But I think change it up. I don't – look, You, I love Nikki DeLoach and Andrew Walker, but I don't need necessarily to see them as a couple for the 19th time. In every single movie that comes out on Hallmark. Right. Yeah. Change it up. Yeah, I agree. Agree. Okay, don't now go we can wear Nikki and Andrew. But no, don't go anywhere. I'm mix it up a little bit. Yeah. Okay. Here's my big wish. Many of the actors in this movie could have used a dialect coach. Oh, you think? The cadence <laughs> and intonation of speaking from 1895, Captain Obvious, is very different from 2024. And you can't just pick up some of the phrases you can't say and how over and over again and hope we forget that they're speaking the way I'm speaking right now, which is if I were to jump in the Port Haven pond and time travel back to 1895, (laughs) other than the fact that I wear pants would be a dead giveaway from I am not from their time. I think Jillian Barber is great. The fact that she's so established shines And Danny Griffin gets a bit of a pass, probably because of his accent. It just is going to, I think an English accent is a great way to make someone sound either fancy or old-timey. Yeah, sure. But the vast majority of the rest of our actors, actually, Nathan Witt does a better job than most. But Some of the rest of them really are just reading lines, and I think... The majority of the budget was probably spent on wardrobe and not on things like a dialect coach. And time, too. You know how quick these turnarounds are? I think I had heard, I think it was Andrew Walker had said in an interview, like, I think they get the script and then three days later they're on Mm. set with it. And there's just no time. Like, where are you going to, how long are you able to practice a dialect like that? You just... Uh So I agree, like, maybe let's give more time to our actors so they are more believable. Mm. Yeah, I agree. One of my wishes is I felt like Emma was too contemporary for 1895. And I don't know if it's the actress, perhaps, Mm -hmm. and it might come down to her dialect. And that's a fully fleshed out thought there. I didn't quite get to it until you said about the dialect, but agree. I thought the pace was really slow. It hardly kept my interest. And and Megan and I had been discussing watching this movie prior to watching it. And she's, it's 80 minutes, Wendy. You can do it. You can do it. Because I was really not looking forward to it. And it's still, the 80 minutes felt like an eternity. It took forever to get through this for me. Also, I'm not sure I liked detective jesse white Mm, the actor fine nice looking man like whatever i did he was so boring as a detective and maybe it was just the time period i don't know i expected not more enthusiasm but more like action maybe everything was so like they would find like a dead body and then they're just having these conversations there's no seal off the room or close the gates Whatever. Nothing like that. It's just so slow. I slow agree that action. it felt like he was letting Emma take the reins Run. and drive the am direction I, of the investigation. I, yeah. Am I watching Curious Caterer? What <laughs> is happening here? She's no Goldie. No. Okay. So let's talk about the inaccuracies. 
Okay, so a lot of people are calling out specifically the casting of Nathan Witt as Derek because are we going to see a wealthy, desirable bachelor? Mm -hmm. Are we going to see a person of color in that role in 1895? That is probably a no. I've been thinking about this ever since I read those reviews. Think of the musical Hamilton. Yeah. When all those old white guys... Most of them are old white guys. There are some actual people of color in those roles, but are played like George Washington's always played by a big black dude. Mm -hmm. And they're trying to subvert history there, right? Everyone knows that's not the way history looked. What's the goal there? Like, what's more important, the historical accuracy of the way it looked or adding a little bit of diversity to our casting? Yes. Does it really matter if there is a person of color playing this role? No, it really doesn't. But I could, I understand. I fully understand. I'm also trying to open the memory file here and think about the Christmas movie where it was like the Rockettes, a Christmas holiday spectacular. Oh, yeah. Wasn't there some like backlash on that too in terms of rockets didn't hire women of color to be rocket dancers during the time that movie took place and there were people who were upset about that as well is it just the woke police on hallmark who are upset about these things so look if you do the tiniest google search first of all there is a term for it it's called race reversed casting there's mm-hmm. an example that comes up jody turner smith She's a British and Jamaican actress. She plays the wife of Henry VIII in the British miniseries Anne Boleyn. That was a white woman. And there's two very strong opinions about it. The opinions are, it's not, and I feel like it's the woke police saying, it's not racist to say that a white person should play a white character. Then there's the other side of the coin saying, if we're going to make content that portrays life pre 19 75 maybe we're just accepting that if we want it to be 100% historically accurate we're just going to be dealing with white casts unless we're dealing with people in positions of service perhaps and I think people are saying it's okay you the same way you can have a gender reverse role you can swap the race of the character unless I think you're trying to make a very specific point in the piece about race which they're not doing here Fair. I think you make a very good argument. And is it fair for me to be like, I wanted their dialogue to be historically accurate, but I'm cool with the fact Mm. that the race of our characters isn't historically accurate. Yeah, but honestly, this review is not meant to be a think piece, so. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. I hear you. I hear you. I think you make a good argument, and you can feel complicated about it. It's all right. Okay. Okay. Did you have any, did you see that? I have two. Let me hear. One's from IMDb. Did you see this one? I don't think so. The characters Alice and Gertrude Vanderbilt are played by real-life mother and daughter, April and Ava Tellick. Oh, interesting. Uh-huh. And my other is Brady goes to prison. He's thrown in that single jail cell in that <laughs> weird room off of yeah. the police officer's office. And he never changes. He's in like his shirt sleeves from his from the party the entire time. Oh. 
He takes off his tie and whatever coat he was wearing, but he's in a white button-down shirt the entire time. Uh, you're upset they didn't put him in, like, a striped jumpsuit or what? It was many days long. He didn't change his clothes <laughs> once. Obviously, those scenes were probably filmed back to back because they're like, where can we get a cage? <laughs> uh, they didn't have any budget for his costumes after. Yeah, they ran out of it. They're like, sorry, dude, you got to just rumple it up a little bit. Yeah. Here are my did you see that's First of all, this is taking place. Okay. At the beginning of the movie, they had these aerial shots of Rhode Island, like these oceanfront homes on cliffs right but we never ever see the ocean again it's they're always in some kind of forest or outdoor area but we're not There's overlooking the ocean with that outdoor scene and the ocean's right behind them isn't did it? i miss it i don't know i might have but okay the point remains they're not giving you newport rhode island in many of the other scenes Exactly. Speaking of outside, there were a couple of scenes where they were truly outside filming in rain. You could see the rain. Uh-huh. And I wonder, and they had umbrellas. And I was like, where did they get those old-timey umbrellas at? Somebody I appreciated to- that. Me too. What's the word I'm looking for? Accuracy. I like that as well. But I was like, oh. I'm sure they didn't plan for rain. Like, how did they get these umbrellas? I don't know. Maybe they did plan for it. I just thought it was cool. Um, My final, did you see that, is the guy, Goddard, the guy that got killed. Yes. He had these crazy, like, mutton chop beard-like style. Do you know what I'm talking about? Mm -hmm. A mutton chop or, like, those crazy sideburns all the way down, like, on his cheeks. And so I Googled, and apparently it was popular during that time period. So I thought that was cool of the actor to go there with his facial hair. Yeah, you think he grew it, or do you think it's fake? No, I think it was real because I did look him up on IMDb, and there were some photos of him, like, with it, with facial hair. Oh, so he can grow a beard. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Cool. What did you rate Murder at the Breakers? I gave it one star. (gasps) Oh, my God. (laughs) I know. I don't even know if I've ever given a movie one star. I just really did not enjoy it. Wow. I gave it 2.5 stars. Right down the middle. Right down the middle. Yeah, I know. I just, one star for costumes. Ouch. Big week on Girls Gone Homework. We'll be back tomorrow with our review of The Way Home, episode three. And on Thursday, period piece adjacent, paging Mr. Darcy. Tune in. We'll be back. And before you go, we love your five-star ratings and reviews. So hop into the podcast app of your choice and leave us a five-star rating if you love this podcast and a written review. Thanks. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.